Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. Our show in New England is an extension of a program that I did for many years in Hawaii. Today, we reach back into the vault, and I've got a special one for you. Open your heart. Hear what the Lord has to say to you today. How does God take a young man who was brought up in a Chinese immigrant church in Silicon Valley to the Midwest where he serves at one of America's elite universities, all the while pastoring national and international leaders while earning three theological degrees. This is the story of Bing Ni where a supernatural encounter convinced him to change course from being an engineer to a life as a pastor. We pause here, as we typically do at the beginning of our show, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio program, well, dear friend, it's to lead you closer and closer to Jesus Christ. For you to know that there is always hope in Jesus, no matter what you're facing or what you're going through, no matter how tough things may seem to be, there is always hope in Jesus. In Jesus who loves you so much, dear friend, he died on the cross for your sins. Jesus shed his precious blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried, but three days later, he rose again from the grave. And today, the living Christ, who has touched the heart and life of Bing Ni, is reaching out to you. Have you opened your heart to Jesus? You know, that's our, that's our prayer. You know, the, the, the arms of God reach out to you, to embrace you, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you feel, there is hope. And that's our desire. That's God's desire. Maybe you know the Lord. Well, we believe this program will be an encouragement to you to build you up. Bing Ni is Associate Pastor for University and Family Ministries and Global Partnerships at Christ Church Chicago. He's also a religious advisor to the University of Chicago. He received his Ph.D., from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's married to Christy. They have the joy and privilege of raising four children. Bing, welcome. Welcome to our show. Danny, it's great to be with you. Um, the joy and encouragement. You know, I mentioned Silicon Valley Chinese immigrant church, but give us more. Where, where, where did you grow up? Yeah, 
I grew up in the heart of Silicon Valley, and this was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and I grew up in a town called Cupertino, which is quite significant now because it is the home of Apple. And but at the time, there were a lot of uh, a lot of businesses emerging uh, from that area. So you have um, like eBay emerging, um, and you know shortly thereafter, it became the hub for for the entire tech world. So Google is there, Facebook is there, certainly Apple and many others. And so uh, that was the environment I grew up in, tech, uh, the tech age, dot-com age. Everyone was uh, hoping to, uh, to make it big. Who would you say, Bing, influenced you most in your growing up years? Oh, wow. Uh, there were many. There were many, for, for sure. Uh, for me, it was certainly my dad. Um, my dad immigrated from Taiwan uh, to the States, uh, primarily for education. And there he uh, went on to um, to, to actually uh, lead a pretty um, successful life in, in uh, material science, material science and engineering. Um, but it was really my, my mom and dad. Uh, but what's interesting about them is that they, when they first got married, they were actually, my, my mom was a believer and my dad wasn't. And um, as as they settled into life and as they began working, uh, there's pockets of immigrants all over California, but there was a strong Chinese immigrant population and um, they wanted to get connected to it. And one of the, the thriving aspects of the immigrant population was the church. And so mom and dad uh, settled in a, a local church and they were approached to, to host a midweek Bible study. And um, so every week they would have um, someone come in and lead a Bible study in their home. And um, it was actually in that study that uh, faith began to take place in the life of my father. And uh, as as God would have it, um, the host or, or, or the leader of the Bible study group was moving. And he approached my dad and said, Hey, would you consider uh, continuing this Bible study by leading it and hosting it? And my dad is bright. He 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 received a, a PhD from Stanford, and he said, "Oh, how hard can it be to lead a Bible study?" And so he began to to prepare the Bible study and facilitate the Bible study every week. And it was actually through that that he led himself to faith. Mm. And um, you know, you, you can tell, Danny, so I'll share my sibling's name. My name is Bing. It's just translated, transliterated from my Chinese name. But my sibling's names are Grace, Joyce, and Timothy, all rooted in kind of biblical truth. Um, and you can tell when, <laughs> when mom and dad came to faith shortly after, um, after I emerged. But, uh, you know, I, I look... Um, I recount, I, I mean, I was so young, but when I think of how the Lord worked, um, it's just incredible uh, how God will draw people to himself. And it certainly was the case for my for my dad. Unbeknownst to him, the Lord was using 
uh, the Bible and the Spirit uh, to 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 call him, uh, call him unto himself. And and as long as I can remember, um, my, my parents um, brought me to church at a at a young age, and we were at a Chinese immigrant church. And I think most immigrant churches, there's always lunch after service, and my responsibility was to set up chairs. To cook the the bowl, the cook the rice to fill the large rice cookers with rice, wash it and cook it and make the tea, and uh, we never missed. That was uh, the expectation that my parents put on put on us as a family that Sundays are for the Lord, and um, we serve. And um, Oh, uh, I, I can't, I can't get it out of my mind. You know, I'm actually pretty emotional thinking about it. Um, that Sundays are for the Lord, and uh, I remember, in growing up in middle school and high school, I would wake up maybe a little early, and I would hear through my parents' bedroom door their intercession for their kids. I could hear them mumbling, uh, just praying for for myself and my siblings that we would grow to love the Lord. And so without a doubt, mom and dad uh, shaped who I am, influenced who I am. And there have been youth pastors along the way, college pastors, peers who have just held my hand and walked with me when I got a little wayward. Uh, And I'm just grateful to the Lord for, for all of them. How old were you, Bing, when you, when you're aware of a, of a decision that you made, growing up in a Christian, Christian home, that you made a, a decision for Christ. Um. Ooh, it had to be probably mid late high school. So I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and uh, I went quite high school. I, I think. Though I grew up in the church, there were a lot of attractions outside of the church. Uh, I, I played football. I was involved in uh, basketball. I was um, part of kind of the, uh, the associated student body. So I was actually ended up high school president as well. And um, I remember growing up in high school, there, the church was part of life. Um, but Jesus wasn't part of me, and uh, <laughs> I recall it vividly. It was a Christmas program, and uh, my my friends and I were in the back row. We rented um, a Masonic temple at the time. It belonged to the Freemasons. It was a Christmas program, and my, my siblings, my sisters were performing uh, on stage, and me and a few buddies were completely disinterested. And we were in the back row. We were leaning back on our chairs, trying to see how far we could go without tipping it and really ignoring the entire program. And when my sisters got up there, uh, they sang uh, a line from the Magnificat, Mary's song, you know, when she gives glory to God, when she she hears that she will bear uh, Jesus. And the, the lines of the song were, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, those are the lines, and they, they sang it over and over. And for a moment, 
I paused, I looked up on stage, and I, the floodgates of God's love just um, entered my heart. And um, I, Danny, this is crazy to, to tell you, but I was sobbing. I was sobbing in the back row. My friends thought I had hurt myself or I was injured. Uh, they were looking at me, what's wrong? And they, they didn't understand that there were tears of joy. Um, that all in a moment, it seemed like every Bible lesson that I had sat under, every Bible study that I had participated, all the truths, all the verses that I had to memorize, all of a sudden just unlocked in my mind. And it was, uh, it was, it was there late high school when I sensed the Lord in that moment say, you're mine. You belong to me. You belong to me. And, um, oh man, it was, it was powerful. The spirit of God reaching into the, the, into my heart and saying, you're mine. I love you. High school president, football player, basketball player, leader, father, PhD from Stanford, material science. His father led himself to Christ, as it were, through the study of the word. And here's Bing Ni, his oldest son in high school, touched by the Lord, moved by the Spirit. Bing says, church was part of him but Jesus wasn't in his life until this moment. When we come back, we'll hear more from him and his incredible journey, a supernatural encounter, really, that, that turned uh, his course from a life in engineering to what he's doing today. He lives in Chicago land. He has a Ph.D. from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's a guest lecturer at University of Chicago. He's a religious advisor there. Among the leaders of leaders, Bing Ni is with us. We'll be back with more. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me I lead you home This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. 
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Bing Ni currently serves as the Associate Pastor for University and Family Ministries and Global Partnerships at Christ Church Chicago. He's also a religious advisor there at the University of Chicago, a guest lecturer, where he walks alongside university students as they seek to follow Jesus. If you to find out more about Christ Church Chicago, ChristChicago.org. Again, ChristChicago.org. Bing, when when did you encounter, or what did you encounter, that convinced you to shift from engineering to pastoring? <laughs> wow. Um... So like you mentioned, I was an engineer. Um, I, I finished school really right on the heels of September 11, 2001. And that's significant because the U.S. government had flooded uh, the industry, engineering really, uh, defense with funding. And uh, so right after college, I, I received an offer for a, a job that gave me far more money than I deserve. And... Um, I, I just saw it as, Lord, this is what you want me to do. You gave me a job, and uh, I was reasonable at it. And, uh, went to work, and uh, uh, I worked for a few years. And then during that time, I started volunteering at a small uh, Chinese immigrant church in the neighborhood. And uh, there, I started. I witnessed um, God began to change. Uh, these lives of students uh, around me. And I began to ask the question, God, is this something you want me to do? Am I giving my life to to what you want me to give it to? And um, all that to say, I'm going to fast forward uh, quite some time, but uh, I wrestled over it. And um, and I, I took the counsel of my, my mom and dad, and they said, well, find a, a pastor who you love and admire and that you can learn from. And um, this route of exploring my calling actually had brought me to, uh, I did a semester of Bible college, uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College in Siegen, Germany. Uh, I had never had the chance to study abroad in college, so I, I took the liberty of doing it after I graduated there, I was studying abroad, uh, Bible college. It was both in German and English, so I could uh, understand. Um, but the intensity of the calling started to pick up. And um, I, I, I can actually I'll share. I, I went to the highest point in Ziegen, and it was a park. And one day I was by myself, and I was actually quite angry with the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. This is not what I, I don't desire to do it. I, 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 um, 
I'm not good at it. I studied engineering. What will my friends say? What will, what, you know, I I don't want to do this. And, um, actually gave myself to prayer and fasting for an extended period. And after that, I still wasn't convinced. So I went and did more study in Cambridge, uh, Cambridge, England, uh, at the, there's a theological library in there, Tyndale house. And while I was there, it continued to be impressed, pressed upon me. And, um, uh, I was able to meet a pastor that I loved and admired, uh, a Scottish pastor who was in the States at the time. He was speaking at a conference in, in England and God opened the door to have a conversation with this pastor. And, um, I just asked him, can I work with you? And, um, I thought there's no way, you know, here I am, a young engineer with minimal theological training, uh, minimal ministry experience, um, talking to a pastor who was, who, who pastors continues to, to faithfully pastor a large mega church in the Midwest. And, uh, after that conversation, I ended up back home, back to work. And I began to converse with this church and visited on two occasions. And I had laid out a test to God, similar to the story of Gideon. And I said, okay, God, if you want me to go into pastoral ministry, you get me to this guy's church. Uh, This pastor's name is Alistair Begg, um, well-known pastor. um, And at the time, I had never talked to him or met him. So I thought it was impossible. There's no way. And um, all that to say, uh, the offer comes, and they ask if I would join his pastoral team there uh, at Parkside Church in Ohio. And I declined. I said, no, I'm not going to do this. Uh, and I remember it was a December. It was a mid-December before the holidays. Uh, I said, no, I'm not going to do this. And then January continued, no, I'm not going to do this. And and they faithfully called. They said, well, how is the Lord working now? And I said, nah, the Lord's not working. I'm not giving this up to go do that. <laughs> go do that. And um, January passes, February passes, and it was March. I remember it was March. I was in my bedroom about to go to sleep. And, uh, Danny, I mean, we believe in the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit works in ways that, um, we cannot always explain, but I was going to bed and I remember uh, it was audible to me. And, uh, the spirit said, Bing, remember that deal. If I want you to go into pastoral ministry, I'll get you to Alistair Begg's church. And there I was, it was mid-March. I was in my bedroom. I was just weeping. I was weeping. I said, Lord, I, I, I can't. This is too big for me. I'm not a good shepherd. I won't pastor that well. I don't even have training. Uh, I, I gave him every reason. Uh, and in all of that, I went to bed. And I, I in my mind, I had disqualified myself, right? You know, um, you know, Dan, you, you and I, Dan, we, we, we run in these, uh, these um, um, institutions that pride themselves on the achievement, accomplishment, 
uh, academic prowess. And and there there I was in my bedroom in tears. And I said, God, this is all the reasons that I, I'm disqualified for this. And um, lying in bed, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in tears. And I remember the Lord said, the fact that you think you're disqualified is all the more why you should do this. Um, because we know, right, Danny, that when we are weak, we are actually strong. Mm-hmm. That his power, God's yes. power is made perfect in weakness. And I recall the next day I, I called him and I said, this is absurd to me uh, that I would give up this life to pursue a, a new life. And I called him and I said, okay, let's do this. So I packed my bag, California, and then found my way in Ohio, to, to Ohio, um, you know, in, in two weeks, two weeks time. I remember April 1st uh, was the first day of my employment. And, um, and I was certainly overwhelmed. <laughs> I was certainly overwhelmed. Um, by uh, the sheer fact of, that the Lord would would use me when I felt like I was useless, mm-hmm. um, and and the Lord just just said, "Be faithful, Bing." <laughs> I was figuring out how to teach the Bible to hundreds of youth. I was figuring out how to preach the Bible to thousands of adults. I was figuring out how to follow Jesus. Um, you know, in a new setting, in a new place, at a new church. And um, the Lord has kept me, Danny. The Lord has kept me, and I've um, my entry into pastoral ministry was uh, uh, 2005. And, I mean, here we are almost 20 years later, and uh, still going. Still, still going. going. Still going by, yeah. by God's grace. You're listening to Bing Nee share his story, the story of God, the conversation that he had with the Lord. At, at the highest point there uh, in Germany, uh, a, a place where he was searching, a place where he wanted, yes, to follow God, but not in the way that he could conceive and God had other plans. And when we come to these moments in our lives, they are indeed the crossroads, dear friend. You might be at that place right now. Your heart may be restless. Your, your heart may be reluctant, even as Bing's heart was, even though so many signs. And the Lord, in his so unique way, hearkened back to a moment back in Germany where Bing was talking to God back in Cambridge, England, where Bing was talking to God. Remember this. Is there something to remember at this moment? Could the Lord be having you listen and minister to you in this moment because you are at the crossroads and the Lord is getting ready to catapult you in a new way, in a new direction with a new grace and power and strength, with new open doors. I believe the Lord sends Bing Ni to share heart-to-heart with us today. Is our, 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 our hearts open? When we come back, he'll share more 
I am wondering about his wife, Christy. I am wondering about how they met, where they met. I am wondering about their children. Already, you can tell he's living a supernatural life, a life guided by God that takes him to different parts of the world. Now he's in Chicago reaching people who touch the world. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me I'll lead you home James 3.13 says Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. So Bing goes to uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Now, He's in Ohio. He's at Alistair Begg's church. The Lord has sent him there. And he's concurrently embarking on a, a long journey of continuous equipping so that he can handle rightly the word of truth so that he can teach college students, youth, so that he can minister to the adults in his church while being mentored, while being groomed for the ministry that has now gone on for over two decades. Bing Ni. You can find out more about him and his ministry at ChristChurchChicago.org. Christ, I'm sorry, not ChristChurch, ChristChicago.org. Yeah, ChristChicago.org. He received his MDiv, his THM in Systematics, his PhD in Intercultural Studies at, at Trinity. He did research, and this really strikes me. He, he did research that's focused on conflict in science and religion amongst graduate students at the university in STEM. Bing Ni. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Find out more about our program here and others, other features at thegoodlifehawaii.com. But I want to find out about Christy. How, Bing, how did you and Christy meet? Where did you meet? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I could tell you all about Christy. We, um, 
We actually went to neighboring high schools. We went to neighboring high schools and um, divided by a freeway in California. And uh, I met, we met through a mutual friend. And um, we had, we actually dated early on in college. We were uh, quite young and we dated, broke up for an extended season. And actually when we, uh, when I ended up in Ohio, we tried to rekindle it. And um, I still was, I guess, I still wasn't mature enough um, and uh, broke up, broke it up again, broke up again. And um, this, this is the crazy thing, Danny. So at seminary, at TED or Trinity, there's this class called personal assessment. Um, and it's a class in the Master of Divinity program. And there you really recount how the Lord has worked in your life through people, through experiences and circumstances. Um, and it was in that class that I challenged myself to really email uh, people that had shaped my life for good. Uh, and so my youth pastor received uh, an email, my college pastor received an email, and uh, Sunday school teachers and, and friends. And and um, after, I think we hadn't corresponded probably in a couple of years, I shoot Christy an email. And uh, I just said, I, I said something like, I just want to thank you for influencing my life for good. I hope you're well. Uh, I'm in seminary now, and um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to encourage you. Uh, so at the time, she was dating another guy. Um, kind of the email certainly came out of the blue, and I thought nothing of it. And um, lo and behold, we she she responded and just said, "Hey, I'm back at home for Christmas. You want to get some coffee?" And and we did get some coffee. And at the time, she was. I was single. I was um, uh, really uh, single and very content, and and she was uh, in another relationship, and um, that that proceeded for for I don't know another six seven months. And when that ended, she reached out and said, "Hey, you want to?" Uh, we just began to talk again. So all the whole total, Danny, uh, Christy, and I um, dated on three occasions. <clears throat> totaling six years over a 10-year period. <laughs> so uh, we, we've known each other a long time. Known each other a long time. Married in 2009. Yeah. How did God bless you, you and Christy, with four children? Bing, what, what's the backstory? Oh, oh yeah. So we got married in 2009. Uh, we were both older, uh, uh, just about to hit 30, and uh, we both um, knew it, it just gets more challenging to have kids, especially for, for, for women as they get older, and so we wanted to start a family, and I, I recall um, that at the time... Um, Christy had some health complications that we couldn't figure out, but we remember her, her, um, her physician, her, her OB saying, well, it doesn't look like you'll, 
uh, you'll ever have children. And so I think, I mean, it was maybe two years in, two years in, and um, into marriage. And we were still figuring out what that meant. Um, I come from a family of four. She, she, she has a younger sister. And so we've grown up uh, with siblings. And, and, um, and I think for me, there was a sense, well, the Lord can give children in other ways, uh, whether through adoption or fostering. And so I, um, I remember we started having this conversation. What will it look like to adopt? Are there good organizations that we trust or friends have used? And, and, um, and, and we, we can maybe pursue a different avenue. Uh, we also, I mean, during this time, it coincided with during this, doing this PhD in intercultural studies. Um, I think both of us have a heart to see the gospel not only uh, flourish, you know, in this context of, of urban Chicago, or uh, but also around the world. We we had gone on short-term mission trips that were very impactful. So for her, she she uh, was uh, in, in Uganda and in India. I had been to China on multiple occasions and. And I think we also we recognize well without children there are freedoms that you're afforded, um, and so we were looking into well can we go into some of these areas that are a little bit more hostile? Um, she's Korean, uh, incidentally born in in Honolulu. I'm I'm Chinese of Chinese descent, so mm-hmm. though we're American, we're probably able to go some places where. We don't look American, you know. People would just think of us as Asian or, or um, a different type of foreigner. And so we had conversations on: can we go to to more hostile regions with um, my theological education, and really just strengthen a local church that is under resourced and impoverished? And so this was all going on early in our marriage. Um, with the thought of, uh, or anticipating not having children and, uh, the Lord will work in mysterious ways. And, um, I, I remember I come home from the gym one morning and, uh, she had not been feeling well for, for some time. And, and, and she waves the test, the pregnancy test in front of, in front of my face and says, it's positive. And I said, no, no, that's, you know, let's, let's try it again. And we had, then we go schedule an appointment with her physician. And I remember I was with her and she's on the table and they're doing the, the ultrasound. And her, 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 her doctor, who's, who's actually quite old for the field. She's, she was maybe in her mid fifties uh, and OB in her mid. So she had seen a lot, especially regarding uh, um, pregnancy and, and things of that sort and complications. And she looked at us and said, this should not have happened. And so at the time, Christy's on the table, she's in tears. And I'm looking at the ultrasound and I, you know, this is, 
Uh, Danny, your father, I, I'm looking at ultrasound, and I'm not sure what I'm looking at, uh, but apparently there was a child in there. And, um, and, uh, and so that was our first child. Uh, we named her um, Carissa, uh, derived from charis, the Greek word for grace, uh, because it was a reminder um, that when, when we held her, that this is, as the Lord has given us his son, the Lord in his grace also gave to Christy and I a daughter, um, all by his grace. When medicine and when uh, experience says this, this isn't supposed to happen, um, the Lord uh, certainly uh, supersedes over all those things. And uh, it really is the story we find in the Bible. The Lord opens and closes the womb. Um, and uh, he does what he does for his good pleasure, um, really for, for our goodness and his glory. And so uh, all that to say, that was the first of four kids, Danny. <laughs> so well, being... the Lord kept on kept on giving. Kept on giving. <laughs> Kept on blessing. <laughs> Someone today, Bing, is is stuck. They've received news mm-hmm. that there, there's there's no reason why there's no medical possibility. Medicine says that it can't happen. Mm-hmm. So there's a dead end. Well, you've yeah. faced the dead end. I mean, to the point where you're looking at other possibilities and also seeing the goodness yeah. of the possibilities yeah and the lord surprised yeah. you would you pray before we go to break i was going to do it after break but mm-hmm. i think this is just the moment right here for someone yeah a dear listener who it, it may be in this realm of children mm. it may yeah. be in another realm of a dream yeah that doesn't seem to be, someone might have already pronounced it impossible, but we yeah. know the God who makes all things possible. So, would you pray, dear yeah. brother, before we go to break? Yeah, oh, absolutely, Danny. Uh, Father, we come to you. You are the God of the impossible, mm-hmm. the God over all circumstances. That when we see dead ends when we see stop signs, when we see um, that which is inconceivable in the human mind, Lord, we want to acknowledge that you are over all those things. And Lord, whether it be the opening, the closing of a womb, the healing and the restoration of a relationship or even a marriage or the delivery um, from from evil and sickness or some incurable condition, we look to you for help and hope. And I pray for whoever's listening, whomever's listening, that they would look to you, uh, the source of all good things. You are not only our refuge and strength in times of trouble, but you are hope for this life and the next. And so would you strengthen and encourage, would you comfort and extend peace where there needs 
uh, to be? Would you heal the hurting? Would you provide a way when there seems to be no way? Would you magnify Jesus um, and remind us that you are a good God, you are a faithful God, you are a sovereign God, and um, you love us dearly. Oh, we thank you. We thank you that you turn your attention to us. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, and dear course, one, as you, as you, as being has prayed for you, the Lord, the Lord is a God who hears and a God who answers prayers. When we come back in our final segment, I'll tell you what, if you saw Bing in person, you would know what radiance is like. You look at the countenance on certain people's faces and God has just kissed them with a countenance of joy. You can look him up at uh, ChristChicago.org. Just look at his picture. You'll know exactly what I'm saying. He's been blessed in that way, but it emanates from uh, the light of Christ that flows in and through him. We'll talk more about his ministry at the University of Chicago when we come back. Stay with us. The road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me I lead you on What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pippert wrote in her book Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. A program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Bingni to step in the direction. Well, he's been in the pastoral ministry for more than 20 years and is loving it. Uh, there's a joy when I hear him talk about ministry that is uh, captivating, that's so attractive. Find out more about the ministry that Bing Nee has at ChristChicago.org. ChristChicago.org. Bing... What is most fulfilling 
to you and your work with students at the University of Chicago? Great question. I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, what's most fulfilling, I think, for me is to be able to walk alongside students who want to follow Jesus. Um, and, you know, for me, one of the great privileges that I pray for is that a student, maybe an undergraduate, uh, gives me the chance to walk with them for four years. You know, graduate students, you know, sometimes longer. And um, to, to there, there's something just so rich about following Jesus together, uh, navigating life together, navigating school together, relationships, parental conflict, roommate conflict hardship, uh, to celebrate joys together. And so for me, what's fulfilling is, um, I mean, this, uh, you know, these people are, are half my age. Um, but what's so um, exhilarating is to be able to watch them uh, follow Jesus. Now, you did research on the conflict of science and religion among grad students. Mm-hmm. Uh, share more about uh, your research. Yeah. Yeah. So, a finding, something that surprised you in your study? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, there is this narrative uh, out there that science and religion don't get along. And uh, I think a lot of people have tried to um, debunk debunk it or either uh, um, or uh, kind of flatten it and I, I I went at it where I I think most people say it's a conflict of um, ideas or truth claims or belief you know in in theological, or philosophical speech, you know, it's a uh, epistemological conflict, and I, I came at it totally different. Um, I, I went at it and I said, I, if there is a conflict, I want to, another way of seeing it. And as I spoke to more and more graduate students, we have quite a few in our congregation that happen to be in STEM fields, so science, technology, um, and. I, I began to have conversations and interviews with these individuals, and I said, well, tell me what this conflict looks like. And I realized far more than, there's certainly some with, oh, I'm trying to understand uh, evolutionary theory in light of this. I'm trying to understand mer- the miraculous in light of science and, and things like that. But I, what I uh, found um almost in everyone, was the conflict was goes beyond the conflict of ideas. It actually creates conflict in values. Um, it creates conflicts in relationships. So, for instance, I'll use an example. Uh, Danny, is it right for me, or Bing, is it right for me to pray before I eat? And this graduate student would share that it's the most difficult thing they do every day because the moment they pause before lunch, all of their 
uh, cohort members or their colleagues in the physics lab will know he's a Christian. And Christians um, maybe stereotypically are thought of doing poor scholarship. Uh, Christians are suspect academically. Uh, Christians don't believe in science because, you know, they believe in maybe a mythological god of sorts. And so for this individual, the conflict was not that uh, there was a, a conflict of ideas. It would actually create a conflict of relationship mm. that they wouldn't know how to engage with their colleagues. Um, and so I think it, it really enriched me pastorally because I understood what it looks like to be a Christian in these settings. Uh, and how I could disciple better, and how I could mentor better, and how I could pastor better, and how I could help them understand, um, you know, some of these challenges that they might face in, in, in lab and doing research. Well, I'll tell you, Bing, here's what we, we may need to do this. And then I'm going to ask you to just say a, a, a prayer of blessing, and then we'll wrap up our show. We may need to have another conversation. Uh, I'm, uh, it, may, it may be that I need to invite Bing Nee back on to The Good Life and have uh, part two of the discussion that you're just starting now because I think the the richness of it, the depth of it, the fact that we even engage in it is uh, yeah. not only stimulating, but it could be um, it could be life-changing for some people and even bring, bring hope and understanding. Yeah. Brother, can you close us now with a prayer of blessing for our Dear listeners. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Father, we come to you and we thank you that you are uh, the author of the good life, that really in you is bound up all the treasures of heaven, that at your disposal uh, is really a vault filled with blessing and goodness and kindness and grace. And Lord, I pray for all these listeners that as they listen, that you would meet them where they're at, that you would provide for their every need, that you would sustain them with your strength, that you would endow them with your spirit, that you would bolster them up with promises in your word, that we would recognize, even though we are such frail and feeble people, that at our right hand and even in our very uh, heart uh, lies the powers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And help yes. us to live in ways that yes. represent you well, live in ways that honor you. And when it's all said and done, may we give you glory uh, because of what you've done in our lives. Yes. Uh, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for Danny and the work that he is doing. Would you bless it? Um, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bing. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, it was my joy and privilege, Danny. Thank you for having me. Hope-filled words from Bing Nee, ChristChicago.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now, look, to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, we believe this may be the perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Go to thegoodlifehoy.com, click 
get to know Jesus. I've got a special presentation set up for you there. If you'd like to stand with us with your prayers, your support, to make a donation, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com and click donate. And I thank you in advance. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Bingney, ChristChicago.org. Until next time, along with my technical producer, Chaz Ontai, web designer, Arlen Nagata, I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you. Let him unleash your God-given purpose today. Thank you for listening in on today's broadcast of The Good Life with host Danny Yamashiro. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you. The Good Life radio program is listener supported and we'd like to encourage you to pray about becoming a sponsor or donor. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to minister to God's people through The Good Life. To become a sponsor or to make a donation, please visit thegoodlifehawaii.org. That's thegoodlifehawaii.org. And may God richly bless you with The Good Life.